Hello and welcome to the Data for Subscriptions podcast, where we talk about how to succeed with subscriptions and as a service businesses. I'm your host, Birad Bonian, and today is a bit of a special day because we are releasing the first issue of our research paper where we look into enterprise data management needs, specifically usage data management. And I have the pleasure of having Andreas Zartmann back on the show. Welcome, Andreas. Thank you very much. Happy to be here again and very excited about looking into the research. Very good. So we're both uh, looking forward to get into the details. So why don't we just jump right in and let me just get the uh, research methodology out of the way and we get into the findings. So uh, before we get into uh, the details of the report, I should also mention that the report is available on digitalroute.com and we'll be referencing certain pages in the report that you can look into. So methodology. We did a global study covering above 560 enterprises globally, within primarily software as a service as well as media and entertainment. The roles that we covered are within IT and technology, finance, as well as product management. And the seniority of the roles are primarily within CXO, C-suite level, as well as director level. If we then look at the structure of the research findings, i.e. what is it that we wanted to learn about, we looked into the three main, I would say, drivers for any type of business. A, how to grow the business, i.e. grow revenues. B, how to provide a better customer experience. And C, how you optimize your business and protect your business so that you can be more efficient as well as uh, adhere to regulatory and compliance needs that you have. Each of these key primary drivers, we then looked at a subset of three specific business needs. So let's just talk about them for a minute as well. And this you have in the report, as I mentioned. So within growing the business, it's specifically around understanding product and service usage for being able to provide a more personalized offering, adopting innovative business models and pricing for enhanced customer engagement, capitalizing on new business models and pricing for revenue optimization. So these are all within growing the business. When it comes to providing a better customer experience, we looked at understanding product and service consumption, strengthening partnerships with accurate partner settlements and revenue sharing processes, as well as managing data complexity and volumes related to services. And then finally, when it comes to protecting the business and optimizing it, it's proactively identifying usage frequency and satisfaction insights and churn reduction, ensuring accurate accounting and billing to eliminate revenue leakage, and then providing end-to-end data for regulatory compliance. So this is basically the complete subset of issues and business needs that we wanted to dig into. All right, that being said, let's get into the findings. Here we'll just reference page seven in the report. And we can see quite clearly, Andreas, that there are two very clear uh, needs that uh, have been basically prioritized by the respondents. First of all, it's improving the business by understanding product and service consumption, and then followed by growing the business by understanding, again, product and service usage. Very clear, very similar, but it's both about improving your business as well as growing. And then these two needs are then trailing by two additional needs growing the business by introducing new business models and pricing, and then making sure that you take care of the complexity of the data and the volumes. So what is your reflection when you see this? Because they are very clear from the respondent side. 
I think uh, this clear, uh, I mean, to me, it's a very clear picture. It paints uh, exactly what we're discussing with our customers as well. You need to understand how your customers are using your services. I need, you need to have control of your usage data uh, for mainly three reasons. Monetizing your insights. B, deliver a flawless customer experience. Uh, this business model that we're talking on about is really always on. So you need to have a real-time aspect of communicating with your customers, answering the, the demand on how they want to consume your services. And C, or number three, is really to optimize your operations of the services as well. Now, on top of that, I think uh, another clear aspect that this research show is that many of the companies uh, within uh, uh, this bucket, they are looking on how to grow their businesses. They are looking on how to expand their businesses. Uh, and to do that, they need agility to deliver new packages, new pricing, uh, new business models, really, right. in the interaction with their customers. And uh, the second aspect of that is uh, we see clearly in the research that uh, companies today come to a maturity level where they understand that this is data-driven and is specifically usage data-driven. You already mentioned some of your um, references to the existing customers, but how does this align, the findings themselves and how they prioritize the business needs and initiatives, how does that align with the discussions you have with customers? I, I think that's a very interesting aspect because we are dealing with these questions every day in our day-to-day -day work, right? So basically, uh, most of the dialogues that we have with our customers, they start with uh, the monetization aspect, uh, how to bill for usage, how to package pricing, how to be agile around new pricing models, and that is all data-driven. Now, as soon as we get into details and we start to work with uh, the customer, uh, we actually pretty quickly come down to the lower level aspects of the research that we're looking at here, the answers. Uh, it's very much around how to automate uh, data for uh, uh, partner settlements, uh, how to plug revenue leakage, uh, how to automate things and handovers between systems and so on. And I think the, the uh, uh, why is it like that? You can, you can ask, right? right? Uh, and all of this is really around, you, you don't know what you don't know. No one is really thinking about how much you're leaking and so on. But when you get control of your data, when you get control of these processes end-to-end, -end, you quickly realize that there is a lot of uh, improvement areas. And that's become a very big thing to solve for. Right. And it's important that you mention that because if I look at the question of revenue leakage, just by the respondent's answer, you one might interpret it that this is not a need, this is not an issue, we don't need to bother with this. But your statement actually is that many of the engagements you have and we have, it's a factor of you don't know what you don't know. Let's double click on this a little bit. Why is it so that businesses do not necessarily understand the amount of the complexity and also in this case, when issues relate to revenue leakage, why is that? There are many, many different answers, but uh, let me just phrase a few ones right. quickly. First of all, you don't have an end-to-end -end, uh, process overlook. 
you have a siloed approach of managing and processing data. Secondly, you, you are not really thinking about this as a problem. Any customer interaction we have, and we talk around this, how much revenue leakage do you think you have? Because it's, it's a subset of what we solve for. Uh, it's an outcome that we bring to the table and, and, and we prove it for the customer as well. No one is really saying that, you know, we have a lot of revenue leakage because you don't want to deal with that or you don't want to face it, right? Research says most companies have between 3 and 7%. Data show, results show with our customers that most of our customers have more than 10%. So it's, it's directly related to these two things. You don't have an overarching perspective of all data processing end-to-end for the quote-to-cash process. And secondly, uh, you don't know what you don't know. Right? So let's look at the, another research finding that I think is also interesting because if we go to uh, page number 10 as well in the report for, for reference for our listeners, here we can see that when we look at the research findings based on the revenue size of the enterprises, again, let's remind ourselves that we looked at software as a service as well as media and entertainment. We can see that larger enterprises, i.e. those with revenues above 1 billion USD, they have a tendency, in the research at least, to prioritize initiatives that relate to solving for growing the business, top line, understanding product and service usage, introducing new business models, the whole, let's say, cluster of business needs and initiatives to solve for that, while to a lesser extent, solve for how to optimize the business, how to solve for revenue leakage, data complexity, as well as the regulatory compliance. Why I find this a, a bit interesting and um, is that from a perception standpoint, is that large companies tend to be seen as slower moving, um, risk averse, not that agile, while smaller companies, especially startup likes, perceive different, super fast, agile, just testing and learning and having this iterative approach. This research is at least indicating that the larger the company, the respondents have really put their hand up as saying that we need to be at the forefront and really drive usage-based consumption models is what this is telling me. I think this is an extremely interesting data point that we're looking at. Now, we, sh- we need to bear in mind, as you said, uh, the research companies are tech companies, uh, SaaS companies and media entertainment companies uh, primarily, right? Uh, they have been around for some time. We're looking at large enterprises here, digital by nature, digital by nature. They have uh, uh, big resources and uh, they also have big resources to make a lot of sense out of data today. Uh, These companies are also very aggressive in how they push out new offerings to the market, uh, new pricing models and so on. And why? Because they need to tap into new revenue pockets to grow their revenues. They already been around for a long time with digital services and so on. And I believe what we're seeing here is very much related to that. So to, to make this happen, they need to have a very well-oiled quote-to-cash process, uh, everything automated, supporting uh, this business aspect of, of pushing out aggressively new pricing, 
new new uh, offerings to their customer base and find new customer base as well. I think this is very much what we've seen in in uh, in the telecoms industry over the years as well. Right, uh, there is a well defined market and it's a very competitive situation where you need to grow revenues by finding new revenue pockets and you do that by offering. Uh, new ways of consuming the services. And, and to do so, you need to be very much into your data management. You need to be proactive, as we're describing here at the research uh, uh, report is saying. And uh, this is what we're seeing with our large enterprise customers as well. They're automating everything and they're very much into this data-driven mindset and, and building automating processes. One specific topic I wanted to drill into a bit is hybrid pricing, something that has become at least more noticeable in the last year or two in the industry. Let's talk a little bit about why it's such an important strategy for companies to adopt. And perhaps you can just start by giving just a very basic definition of what it is so we just level set everybody listening to what is hybrid pricing. Yeah, let, let's start there because I think this is uh, one of the hot topics in the market right now as well. And it's directly related to uh, the maturity of what we're talking about, anything as a service and the subscription economy, right? It's been around for, for more than 10 years, but we've come to a maturity level where fixed price subscriptions doesn't make it anymore. Uh, and when we talk about bundles uh, and hybrid models, we talk about mixing different pricing offerings like uh, flat fees with overage uh, consumption or different opportunities for the end customer to consume the services. The reason why this relates to as well as the previous discussion point is that if we look at companies that have been around for a long time, typically they're looking at a one-time sales situation. They want to move into subscription or digital type services. Hybrid many um, many times can also be a combination of you retain. I think personally that selling products, as we refer to as one-time sales, is for a foreseeable future, is going to exist. In fact, it most likely will exist forever. So it's, it's not so much about either or, it's more of an and. So the examples that we also see is that you have the one-time sales and you'd add a subscription service on top of that you bundle Absolutely. I think that's that's also another aspect of talking about hybrid, where we combine keeping the legacy one-time product sale model and we add digital services, subscriptions. And on top of that, we make hybrids out of the digital pricing model as well. We've seen this movement even in the media and entertainment industry. If we go back about a year's time, there was a lot of talk about uh, subscription fatigue during the pandemic. There was a, obviously strained economies, which meant that there was a heightened discussion in terms of, am I really getting value for all of the multitude of subscriptions that I have? So we also saw, for example, some of the leading streaming providers started to go down in price and then providing advertising based. And then it's interesting because that mode in itself starts to create just that one mode, many complexity uh, factors because you have a still a flat fee subscription but for a specific say range of products on top of it advertising that then you have to do rev share with with different parties 
where do you see this kind of a dynamic approach to bundling going in the next few years? Uh, I think what we're looking at right now, coming back to the maturity in the market. So, so far we had a lot of B2C companies growing up around us. And as a consumer of uh, subscriptions, I think we uh, learned a few things and we put a lot of demand into our work uh, when it comes to how we want to consume uh, digital services as a business, right? So we, we, we will put a lot of demand on how we learned how to consume uh, digital services as a private consumer into other business needs as well. And this is very interesting because businesses, they can't and don't want to consume services to a flat fee, not only at least. So in the B2B side of this coin, we will see a lot of different hybrid models, tiers, consumption-based, outcome-based, uh, a much, much more agile way of meeting the demand of the end customer on how to consume services. All B2B businesses that we're working with have many different price points, many different price points, many different bundles, uh, the way to grow your business is also to bring in uh, uh, third-party products, uh, partners onto your platform. All the leading vendors are thinking platform, and on top of platforms, you create, you build, you bring in many different services to serve your end customers and grow your business and move to new markets as well. So I think what we will see in the next 10 years is uh, a very, very agile and uh, expanding uh, business model discussion. What would you say are the triggering events for businesses when they move either from providing only one-time sales to adding subscriptions or if they've been doing subscriptions for a while and mm -hmm. moving to more consumption-based, usage-based? What could be the triggering events in your perspective? Ba basically, you either have a, a strategic change of your of your business, right? You, you uh, are tapping into new markets or you need to compete. Therefore, you take a strategic decision to expand with digital services. Or if you're already into that, uh, it's all about answering the customer's demand on how they want to consume your services, really. Uh, also, again, a competitive situation. If, if this is moving very fast, so if someone uh, does not apply to that and quickly answer the demand from the end customer, there will be a competitor doing that. So this is all about revenue growth and, and keeping up with your customer. We should re remind ourselves this is an always-on business model, right? Uh, you don't sell something, you leave the customer, but you have this always-on situation in the subscription business model where you need to deal with the demand 24-7, uh, 36i. And in the same uh, aspect, you need also to be competitive. So I think those two different areas, strategic choice or growing your revenues and answer the demand in the market are prevailing drivers for it. So there are many ways enterprises, businesses can solve for what we've been speaking about today when it comes to data management and specifically usage data management. And we've seen examples, we've, we've also talked about this um, in previous episodes. Homegrown, meaning build it yourself, um, sometimes ETL tools, sometimes just relying on the billing system alone. Uh, can you provide a compelling reason for why enterprises should 
rather invest in a purpose-built software like the one Digital Route is providing versus using the other alternatives? Absolutely. And basically, we, we often talk about three different aspects. Uh, first of all, this is all data-driven, right? Uh, volumes of data will not go down. We can be sure about that. So you need to cater for the volumes in the future. And secondly, which I think is what we talked about today here, and extremely important, is that this is an always-on business model. Uh, you need to handle your customers, work with your customers, being close to your customers in real time. And the growing complexities in the business model is all about business rules. And being agile and quick means you need to be close to the data source uh, in dealing with those aspects. And the uh, applications that need to consume the data is built for a different purpose, not data management, really. Uh, and number three is that we're dealing with a revenue transaction and you don't want to mess that up, right? And maybe number four, uh, which we're very proud to talk about, we, we uh, uh, serve the front runners, the pioneers in the subscription business, uh, the leader in digital services for more than 20 years. Uh, they choose to route and purpose-build technology to scale their business. Uh, and maybe that speaks for itself. I think that's a great point because many of the companies that you've been referring to when you refer to customer discussions are basically the most successful software-based companies. And you could argue that they, they, if any, could do it themselves and they choose um, to give themselves the best tool and opportunity to succeed. And to your own point, that should be an indication uh, for why. Thank you so much, Andreas. There's lots more insights uh, in this research paper and we really encourage you guys uh, to look at it, uh, spread it. You can reflect on it, send us your own comments or questions if you want. Uh, and we'll be back with more discussions, um, basically double-clicking on some of the research findings in future episodes. But for now, thank you so much for the time, Andreas. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for everybody who tuned in and listened. See you.